Welcome to IBBA Insights, providing expert advice on buying or selling small businesses. IBBA Insights is presented by the International Business Brokers Association, the world's largest nonprofit organization for those helping others sell or buy businesses. Now, here's your host, Press Diglio. Welcome to the very first edition of the IBBA Insights podcast for 2024. Again, I'm your host, Cress Diglio, and I want to start the year off right. And starting the year off right means making sure you're set and ready for the year to begin. There's a famous quote, it goes, if you're bored with life, you don't get up every morning with a burning desire to do things, and you don't have enough, and, and which means you don't have enough goals. That was said by the famous football coach, Notre Dame, Lou Holtz. Also said, having goals that we're passionate about gives us something to look forward to Each and every morning when we wake up, not having goals is an excellent recipe for average living. We have to challenge ourselves. We have to understand what it is we're looking to do and how we're looking to do it. And I was recently at a charity event over the holidays, and I ran in uh, to an old friend of mine. Well, I didn't run into him. He invited me to the event. And while we were talking, I was going over some of the social media things with him that I saw on his personal page. And I didn't realize he was so into planning and goal setting and even incorporated that not only in his personal life, but his his work life. And then it really boiled down to some of the things he's done for others and helping others. And it morphed into this, you know, his becoming some kind of a guru or so of sorts when it comes to planning and getting ready for the upcoming year. So my guest today is Joel Goldstein. He's the president of Mr. Checkout Distributors and is recognized as the go-to person when trying to place a new product into retail. He's also the author of Amazon best-selling book, Start from Success. Joel has contributed to entrepreneur.com and has a column in both Forbes and Inc. magazines. He also consults for a national think tank on retail businesses and sits on the board of 13 retail associations. I first met Joel in 2009 when we were working on a charitable event for the Citrus Club in Orlando called the Diamonds of Forever Casino Night Extravaganza, and we've been friends ever since. Joel Goldstein, welcome to IBBA Insights. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm happy to have you, and this is actually the second time you've been on the show with us. The first time you were on with your father, and we talked about transitioning from transitioning a family business. So, that was a number of years ago, and you're still going strong. So con- congratulations. Thank you very much. I think you really hit on a certain point in the introduction where you said setting goals is a challenge. And I think that's going to reverberate throughout our discussion, because when preparing for this conversation, I went back and I checked a lot of the things that I do and what we've done as a family and as a businesses. Um, it's all challenge setting. So that that word really is a sticking word that kind of explains a lot about what setting goals is. is It's not just reaching for the next step. It's an inward challenge to try to figure out what's going to happen and what you want to happen. That's always a problem. (laughs) I got into goal setting probably about 25 years ago. Yeah. When I became, when I got into the business brokerage industry and my father said to every agent in the company, okay, you need to submit your goals by, December 20th or whatever the date was and turn them in. Mm -hmm. So I remember turning my goals in and he looked at them and he laughed and he goes, 
these aren't goals. This is just a wish list. Cause I said, I want to make yep. X amount of dollars and I want to do this. He goes, where's your plan? What, if you don't, and, and then even more, so, and he probably talked to me a little more, he was probably a little more difficult on me than he was the agents within the company. But I remember going into his office my first year, maybe four months into it. And I go, I don't know, dad, I'm, I'm just not hitting my, I'm not doing what I want to do this year. I remember he reached into his desk. So didn't have to click on the computer, reach in the desk, open my file with my name on it. And there was a piece of paper and he goes, have you done this? Have you done this? Have mm -hmm. you done this? And I look at him and go, well, no, he goes, well, I'm reading <laughs> your goals that you submitted. So if you're not doing any of these things that you wrote about for, how do you plan on achieving anything? So I remember yeah. that stuck with me. Yeah. It's the, it's those little moments that really reverberate, aren't they? What got you going with that? What, what, when did goals become important to you and, and setting yourself up for success? As soon as I, as soon as Brie got pregnant, that, that was my big thing. I got very into protecting what I had and I got very into making sure that I don't have to work if I don't have to work anymore. A lot of people, they're in the position where they get life insurance. And I've always grown up with the idea that if you're doing well, you don't need life insurance. You'll have everything all set up for the next generation. So when she got pregnant and when I, it hit me that I was going to be not only responsible for my family, the future generation, it was, it was one of those things where why goals are really important to me is it provides direction and it it's not just that direction, but it allows you to get to the destination if you take those steps along the way, exactly what your father was talking about. It's not just a vision board, but to plan and to execute, that's key. So you've had a high level education, Wharton, Harvard, not the run of the mill type school, the higher level education. When you were in school and going through all this and gearing up towards life in general beyond school, did, did goal setting and planning help you through school? Or was that not part of your process at that time? Not at all. I, I backed into everything. I was very fortunate and some might call it fortunate, but I was very fortunate to grow up in an entrepreneurial family. Nothing was ever unattainable. It's just, do you want to work to get there? And a lot of people don't have that mentality of you can get whatever you want. You just have to make a plan and get and work it. And so when, when I was younger, I created a few businesses and I was fortunate enough to sell them and I, I was pretty well set. But you know, I'm not a, la a lavish individual. I took all that money, I put it into investments. I've always lived incredibly below my means. And, you know, it serves me very well now, later in life where I have that basis, it allows me to take risks where others can't at my age. When I'm looking at what occurred, the biggest thing for me was that ability to take risks. And because I was able to do that, I've been able to make those larger steps, maybe than somebody that didn't have the safety net of selling the businesses younger in life. Yeah. What impressed me the most when I was going through Facebook one day and I saw a post that you and your family were off to your annual retreat to work on your planning for the upcoming yeah. year and you have young children. 
So you're starting them early and getting them involved in the process. Can we have business owners that are listening to this podcast? We have business brokers, business professionals, but I admired what you're doing with your family and how you're setting them up for success. Can you talk about what you've taught your children or how your family gets together and what is part of your planning process when you're going into this? Yeah, no, it goes pretty deep, but you know, everything I do with uh, my immediate family is selfish. It's all for self, selfish reasons. I want my kids to be independent because I want to be able to trust them when I go work on my cars or do my blacksmithing or whatever hobby I'm into that week. I want to be able to walk away and know that they'll have the critical thought to not fall off a tree and break a break their arm. But when we're looking at kind of doing goal setting and doing our annual annual review, it's pretty much along the same lines, not so much with the breaking of the arm, but for them to understand what things cost and what we do with money and how we think about money. And it's not to say that they have to think about it in the same way, but for them to have a basis, I think we talked about this before where I, I was uh, with Junior Achievement and I started a program with Junior Achievement to teach the basics of entrepreneurism and finance. And when I went into a high school, uh, it was a grade A high school. When I went into that high school and I started talking about credit and stocks and what a bond is and the different investment vehicles and how growing them through a Roth IRA can make you so much more than just not. I, I, I was met with so many glazed eyes. And so I started breaking down into the basics. What's a stock? What is credit? These kids at seniors, junior, senior level did not have a concept of the basics of finance. And that's just so pivotal when you're talking about independence and kind of planning for the future and what you want your life to become. Goals aren't only just, you know, this is where I want to go. It's helping others get to where they want to go. And for my family, that's really where we take that financial steps. And to answer your question, I'm sorry, what we review, we go through personal goals. We go through a review, what we did for the year, what we saw through the year. So the theater things that we did, the travels that we did, what we enjoyed, what we didn't enjoy, how we would have changed it. I've I think I incorporated most of it into the Start From Success book, but the we have worksheets that we go through where a lot of them are just check boxes, but it allows you to think about your life from an omniscient point of view where you're able to author your own story. And I think a lot of people are so busy living in the day-to-day that they can't plan for what they want their life to look like. And a lot of people don't know what they want their life to look like. It's how, it feels like from conversations I've had, that's a big challenge is they don't know what they don't know and they don't know where they want to go. When you're single and maybe 20 or so, and yeah. then maybe you're 30 and married with a child, or now you're 40 and kids are in high school and you're 50 and they're mm. off out of college and you're empty nesters, different stages of your life, you have different goals of what you're looking for. However, when you start early and you start looking at your life and you start mapping it out, not that everything has to be a very defined roadmap because 
if you plan correctly, you're probably going to make changes along the way as things happen. But yeah. what was so important to me was like you talked about what setting up your family, you're setting them up on a solid foundation in life. And as business owners and even business brokers, I was in the business for 15 years and I trained a lot of people and I kept hearing the same thing from them, Joel. They would say, if I could just survive the first year as a yeah. business broker, I'd be okay. And I would watch probably close to 90% of the people that get in the business fail. And I often thought they failed because they were trying to survive. And so it bothered me so much. I wrote a course for the IBBA called Thriving, Not Surviving Your First Year, or even your first few years in business brokerage. And you could be in this business a number of years and go through it. And when I look back on after I wrote the course and the hundreds of hours that went into writing an eight-hour course, and I look back, it was a course on planning and goal yeah. setting and how mm -hmm. to do it and why to do and setting yourself up from the very far outreaches to this is that I want to make X amount of dollars this year, working all the way down to what I was going to do every morning that I got up as far as to making phone calls, sending letters, doing whatever to get to that point. And That's all it is. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's unbelievable how many people don't do it. Where People that are listening right now own businesses and they may have, they're looking back and they said, wow, 2023 was a great year. 2024 is going to be even better but they don't know how it's going to be better. They just feel like business continues to grow. So for those people that don't plan and they're doing well just because, but they realize I probably should do some planning. How does someone get started? How do they even get in that mindset of I'm going to map out my goals and my plan for this upcoming year for my business to be successful? My biggest thing is knowing your main goal for your life. So if you want your lifestyle to be that of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, and you want to work that 80 hour week, and you want to build a huge company with many uh, facets of business and everybody below you, that is a lot of planning and execution. If you want to have a lifestyle where you're making enough money so that you can spend as much time with your kids as possible, that takes just as much planning <laughs> and execution because you have to be so efficient in the time that you have to be efficient when you have to actually put the rubber to the road. It's really about getting the end goal pictured in your mind. And that's a lot of visualization. That's a lot of kind of deep diving inward to understand what you want before you even take the first steps um, saying what I'm going to have for breakfast. And having that gigantic picture of what you want your lifestyle to be will allow you to cater your business goals mostly to fit your personal achievement goals that you're setting for yourself. So I always start with Maslow's hierarchy of needs where you start with your psychological needs of breathing, food, shelter, clothing, sleep. You make sure that you're centered. And then you move over to your health and your safety and security with your health and your employment property. And then you bump it up to your love and belonging. Are your friendships strong? Is your family strong? Do you have somebody to fall back on, somebody to talk to? And then you build in your self-esteem. Do you want to overachieve and volunteer? Do you want to be the president of the IBBA? What are your professional goals? What do you want to achieve with yourself? And then after that, 
you can back into all of the goals for the business. But you need to know that vision of what you want your life to be before you start your business goals. I've done podcasts recently on corporate culture, mm-hmm. and we talk to experts across the United States about that. And one of the most important things we talk about success and talk about planning ties into everything you just talked about. If you have to first determine what you're looking for, and and it could be in life and personally, and then if you want that to carry over into your everyday life, which is a lot of times your work, because we spend more time, a lot of times running our business than we do with our family. It might be backwards, but a lot of times that happens. And so if you want to have that same feeling at work, you have to have that culture and you have to lead by example, and you have to live that life and believe what you're setting up. Because if you don't, people see right through that. Oh, thousand percent, especially anybody that you work with, you spend so much time with them. When you run an organization or you're um, independently a business owner, the people that you work with should be considered as close family outside of your family. And they should understand what your goals are. Nothing that this fracture should be kept inside. It should be all announced out loud. It should be told uh, publicly. And you should encourage your employees to do it as well, because that's going to build such a culture where you're all going to be aiming to achieve more and to get to that next level. And you're going to know how to motivate your employees and what's important to them. Accountability is extremely important. My father taught me this, and nobody wants to be embarrassed and nobody wants to look foolish. So what he had us do, and I still do to this day, when I'm ready with my goals or planning for the upcoming year, I share that with someone that I respect and they hold me accountable. So when we get together and we talk, like, how are you doing? And we'll go through the things and, oh, you're falling short of your goals this year so far. Why? Let's talk about this. And the second you make yourself accountable to somebody else, it's amazing how you now you no longer want to just not let yourself down. You don't want to let them down and you don't want to look silly to someone that you truly respect. Yeah. And as having a family business, you know, most of the time, the hardest critics are those within your family. But yeah, no, I fully believe that having an accountability buddy is very important. Let's dig into goal planning and setting a little bit. And this is where I believe, and I mentioned this earlier, people make the biggest mistakes. What's the difference between really setting your goals and planning and just making a a want list or a wish list? Yeah, real goal planning involves actionable steps, timelines, measurable outcomes, whereas a wish list is much more often a set of desires without a concrete plan. And that is perfectly fine. One of my things that we do every year on our annual planning trip is we put together a wish list. The goal planning it needs to be realistic and it has to consider constraints. A wish list may not be grounded in reality. When you're looking at that wish list and you try to turn that into more of a reality, that's when the layers come in, right? You say, okay, yeah. I want to make a half a million dollars this year. I want to make a hundred thousand, whatever it is. How are you going to get there? How can you realistically achieve that goal? So when you're setting realistic business goals, what are some of the criteria that some people should consider when doing so? 
the biggest thing, this is one of the things that we taught our kids this year was smart goal setting. Smart goal setting is really at the basis of everything. So smart is specific, measurable, actionable, or achievable, relevant, and time-bound. When you're setting a specific goal, like I want to make $500,000, what is the time-bound fraction of that? So you want to make $500,000 this year. Great. Is that relevant to your life? If you have $500,000 this year, but you don't spend any time with your kids when they're five and six years old before they turn into teenagers and don't want anything to do with you, maybe you need to listen to Cat in the Cradle. Is it achievable? Is it realistic that you working at Publix as a cashier is able to achieve that kind of a financial goal? And is immeasurable and specific. But you know, to, to go through each one of those when setting a goal and then really understanding it and being realistic with yourself is, is that achievable within the amount of time that you have? And is it something that you really want to do when you break it down? Is that something that you want to hold yourself accountable for? That's why I, I believe in incremental goals are the way to go get better and better every year, but you should always have it so that you can fine tune. Life gets in the way, COVID happens, things happen. You you shouldn't be too hard on yourself, too fixated on a specific result. It should be much more of of something grounded in reality to your life. I chuckled when you said using the smart goal setting or planning system mm-hmm. because when we when I wrote the course for the IBBA, it's exactly what we used was smart and walk, mm-hmm. walked through every single one of those in great lengths and defined them and really gave it was interesting because I told the IBBA when we created the course, I said this will be the one course that's different than any other course you've ever had. And they said, how so? I go, 50 people could take this course. And at the end, when they're creating their plan or goals, We're going to have 50 different roadmaps to how people are going to this. So this course was set up for something for everybody and it's different for everyone. It's not, here's the question, here's the standard answer. It's creating the individual roadmap that are going to get there. We talk about a roadmap and we talk about setting goals and we talk, you talk about time. And I think it's important, especially when you're running a business, you should have those short-term goals. Okay. What are we going to do this year and how are we going to achieve that? On a, on a monthly, weekly, daily basis, mm-hmm. but also a strategic plan for your business. Do you believe in a, a three, five year, whatever year number of plans to where do you want to see yourself in the future? Or do you just tackle it one year at a time or is it a combination of, of everything? When we first started goal setting, we used to go out 10 years. We used to do one year, five year, 10 year. I stopped doing 10 year. Yeah, I pretty much stopped doing five year now. Because honestly, you don't know where you're going to go. You don't know what you want to do. And when you're looking at having a business and kind of achieving goals for your business, you have to have a vision and you know a mission statement. And it, it's very up in the clouds, high level thinking. And it sounds woo when it comes to running your plumbing business. But it's so important to telling your employees and telling your customers where your decisions are going to be focused. So for our business, for Mr. Checkout, 
Our mission is to provide the best path to market for an independent product to reach independent stores through independent distributors. And whenever we have an opportunity with Best Buy or Costco or a large retailer, and we have large suppliers coming at us trying to get into us to pivot into this niche and go into that niche and to find this specific product to do this specific thing, it really helps us to go back and talk about that. And the when we do that, it's at our quarterly planning. So every quarter I meet with every employee and we go over their goals, what their goal for the year was, if we're on track. And then I have a long list of things that I want them to come into the meeting with to tell me why I'm doing things wrong. And by opening your ears to that and having a safe environment where, you know, they can tell you that you're an idiot and then you made the wrong call, you know, safely. That is a way that you can make a business that's going to last forever because they know exactly what's going on way before you do. They're on the front lines. They speak to people all day and they know when there's a bad review out there that's making your life hell and you don't know about it. Or when somebody's not paying and they keep not paying and you have a problem with that. You need to know all of these things way before you can even talk about setting goals because without that information, you don't know what you need to fix. You're doing that on a measurable basis. So you're getting together once a quarter with everyone. So mm -hmm. I'd say if you set goals for this upcoming year for 2024, you probably shouldn't wait until December of 2024 to look back and say, hey, did I achieve my goals? So what you're saying is along the way, it's important to look at where you're at and how important is it or talk about the fine line between giving up on the plan that you started too soon and pivoting towards something else that might work because it's, it's a really fine line. How When do you determine whether something's working or not? There's no right way there. Yeah. I, I'm bullheaded. So I'll keep pushing through it. And that's why I have these meetings where I'm very fortunate in my employees' comfort with me to tell me when I'm wrong. But even when they tell me I'm wrong, it's still my prerogative to push through. Because a lot of the times when you're getting advice from anybody, it doesn't matter who it is, it's going through their personal filter. And what, what may, they may want to stop doing something because it's harder for them. And because it's harder for them and making their life a little more difficult, they may not see the other side of that rainbow where once we get through that part where we change a CRM or we change an email marketing program or we completely change the revenue model, and they have to explain to people and they get pushed back and they have to deal with all this and that. At the other side of that rainbow, if you have that vision, you'll get there and it'll be a lot better. Because if your reasoning was sound behind that decision making, then it'll be a better result for them in the long term future. And that's really where uh, expressing your goals and being open and telling everybody what your reasoning behind things um, makes a difference. Because if you take your short-term goals and tell everybody, 
you know, I need you to do five more leads in the morning and then you can go to the bathroom and then you can have a cup of coffee. But before that, I need you to fill out this spreadsheet. And if, if you break it down on their end to such specific things and they don't know what the purpose is, you're going to sound like a tyrant and you're never going to get the best out of them. And I, I'm not a big fan of micromanaging, but I also don't run a large corporation. I believe though, the importance of taking all the time that you do to plan and mm -hmm. setting those goals and creating that roadmap, you really have to buy into that because again, 30 days into it, if you're jumping ship already, then it probably was not a good plan uh, to begin with, unless something crazy happens like a COVID and the world shuts down. So you, right. you can't, I don't know how you plan for that. At that point, you just pivot and you got to, and you got to go. But in looking at these, the planning process, and you're looking to your personal self, I like what you said in the beginning when we first started talking, people attribute setting a goal a lot of times in business to, and they tie it into how much money am I going to make? And I think when you start breaking it down to a personal level on what you're looking to achieve both personally and financially. And they have to tie in together because look, if you're sitting there and, and you're planning your goals and, and, and business and personal have to go together and you say, I'm going to be a better dad this year. I'm going to be more involved in my children's lives, but I'm going to work 120 hours a week at work. <laughs> I, I don't know how you do that. So yeah. you're setting yourself up for failure at that point. So they have to be realistic and you have to put that deep thought into it. How difficult is that to do? You know, I think that's the issue is that it's hard to say I'm going to be less there as a father because I want to financially set them up in the future so that they have some sort of foundation for retirement or whatever the, whatever the money buys. So it's really about having that conversation with yourself and making those choices. The tough thing, and that's really why we go through those checklists, is you don't know what's important to you until you take account of what's important to you. And by going through a scenario where you lose everything and you got to start at zero, how much does it take for you to get back to where you are? Do you want to even get back to where you are? Because I have a few friends with, you know, three houses, three vacation houses and boats and uh, airplanes and all of these things. And they're always in the shop. They're always on the phone with somebody paying for something. And then there's insurance on everything. And so there's they're working so hard to pay for the things that they don't have time to enjoy. And it really is one of those scenarios where a lot of things sound great. Like I have a 1963 Jaguar E-Type and it sounds great, but every time you get in it, you got to add a little oil. You got to add a little steering. It's not the dream car that, that a lot of people think it might be. Understanding the downside and being realistic about that and understanding that you may want not want to get to the reality of where you think you want and being okay with that is really difficult. What do you say to the person that says, 
this is my way of setting goals. I set it and then I forget it. <laughs> it's it's going to play itself out one way or another. Man, good for them. <laughs> I like that. Good for them. But when we talk about this, we can laugh and we can joke, but we first met when we were planning a casino night. Yeah. And I remember sitting around the table at the Citrus Club and people left and you looked at me after they left and we had a one-on-one conversation. I'll never forget this. You said, Chris, you ever hear the 80-20 rule? He goes, you're sitting here and you're looking for a lot of people to do a lot of things. Only about 20% of the people around this table are going to do anything. I'll never forget my response to you. Then the other 80% could go away and get out of our way and let the 20% 20 of us do the work that we need to do because they're just going to, (laughs) they're just going to get in our way. And it, we laughed because how realistic is that people want to be associated with things that are going on, but they don't really want to put in the effort. And I look at it the same way of setting the goals. It feels good, right? You get to go away with your family. You sit there, you talk to your kids, your wife, you all plan and you do all this and it feels good. And you're going to tackle the world and you're going to do everything. But then if January, the calendar rolls over, January comes in and you took all that time to plan and then you don't do anything with it. What what a waste of time. Yeah. Or is it? Because at the other side of it, yeah. you you got a lot of time on your hands. If you don't want to do anything with it, if your goal is to sit in a log cabin and to have s'mores every night with your loved one and have coffee every morning, you know you don't need $250,000 a year to do that. To understand where you want to be and then to achieve that goal is really the key. And I think that really, that sums up the idea of a lot of people have these big goals. And I see it a lot when I mentor kids that are coming out of school. Everybody wants the six figures and they want the Porsche and they want their house. And they don't understand that when they take on those responsibilities, it comes with such, such burden that if you want to stop working and travel for six months and you have a large house, you have to hire a house sitter to live in your house. <laughs> and th- this is a two-way street because I have a very large fish tank and I can't take all that time away without getting somebody to take care of my fish tank. I didn't think about that going into it. I've always had a fish tank. <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, if you have a something of beauty or something responsible, if you have a Bugatti, Bugatti Veyron, you got to ship that off to every year for two months of service. <laughs> and you got to pay $50,000 for that. It's just, it's interesting where when you're setting those goals for your life to be realistic with yourself and to understand that all of the big things that other people have achieved may not be the icing on the cake that you think it is. It's great for you. might not be great for me and, and vice versa. And I, but I do admire what you've done and how you do that with your family. And from a business perspective, when you take ownership of a business and you truly understand what it is and the responsibility that mm-hmm. goes with that, the planning process means even more because you're not just responsible for that business to take care of you and your family, but the 10 or 15 or 20 or the three or four other people that are working there to take care of their families. And if you don't 
have a vision and you don't have a clear path and you're not setting your company up for success, you're not just letting yourself down, your family down, but all the people that rely on your company and your business to do that. So that's why to me, planning is so near and dear to my heart, because if I don't set up a plan in my businesses for myself, it's not that I'm just letting myself down. It's all the people that are relying on this business to take care of their families that I'm, I could be potentially letting them down and not just letting them down, maybe robbing them of the success that would go along with the business if we were to plan and we were to hit the goals that are out there. So it, it, it's a buy-in, it's a team effort. Do you believe in sharing the company goals with, with the employees of the company so they understand where you're going or what you're looking to achieve? Somewhat. I yep. think that when you... I. Just to touch on what you said, I think that's such a, it's scary. And I think that fear is a very powerful motivator. So when you have that responsibility and you understand that and you accept that, that if you fail at making the phone calls that you're supposed to make, and if you take a year long vacation, you know, the people that you're responsible for may not be there. And it's, it is scary where in this upcoming environment, there may not be another job out there for them to fall back on so easily. It's not as easy as it was before to, to find that gainful employment. I think fear is a very powerful motivator for that. And when sharing goals with the team, I don't make it financial. I make it so that they understand where I want to take the business why I want to take the business there and how I plan on doing that. And I think by conveying those strategic goals, not necessarily the step-by-step -step process of I'm going to get in early and I'm going to get everything done by noon so I can have a nap and a siesta. That's not important to them. What's important is for them to understand why I'm focusing the business in this way why I want to hit these key performance indicators and why what they're doing is important to achieve that because the business is going to be on a better footing after we're done. And for them to understand that, it's going to not only motivate them, but help them say what I'm doing matters and why I'm doing this is so that when we get to this level, I'm going to be more secure. Because at the end of the day, it's everybody is self-motivated and self-interested. And to accept that and to say that the people that are working for you aren't there because they like you. They're there because they need a paycheck. And if you're in a position where you have upper management that doesn't necessarily need the paycheck, they need to know that you're not only there to fund your, your playboy lifestyle. It's important to have the same page for everybody. I'm still sitting here taking all this in like I did 25 years ago when I would <laughs> listen to my father talk about it because I understand the importance of it. Yeah. And I go back and sometimes I'll revisit the class that I wrote for the IBBA. And I often thought, and I've told the IBBA this, I think we do it a disservice by saying thriving, not just surviving your first year in business brokers. Because I go back and I'll review that course and I start thinking, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, and I've really 
slacking off when it comes to this. And, and so revisiting your goals and what it got you, what got you to the point of where you're successful is almost as important. And to me is uh, one of the most important part of the planning process, because you said it earlier, you talk with your family. What did we do last year? What did we like? What didn't we like? So now you're learning and you say, hey, we did this and we like this. So maybe we should do more of this. And this wasn't so great. So maybe we shouldn't do that same in business. We tried this initiative. And although it sounded good, it just didn't work. But hey, this was a pleasant surprise. We're getting more and more results over here. So tracking and, and doing the measurables on a, you said it, a quarterly basis, a monthly basis, however, whatever in place, just staying on top of it and following up on that. So I'm still sitting here thinking there's someone listening, whether it be a business broker or a business owner, that that word fear we used. They're fearful mm. of, uh, but I still, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. This is overwhelming for me. But I believe, and I'd love to know how you believe that I don't think a business, unless they're lucky year after year, is going to hit their maximum potential unless they have some kind of planning process in place. Yeah. And again, what is the maximum potential? Do you really want to burn your employees out by working them 50, 60 hours? Because then you're going to have crazy turnover. There's a two sides to every coin. And understanding what your motivations are and where you want to see your life and your business is always where it goes back to. Because for me right now, family is more important than anything because I have younger children. I took a huge step back from the business where I'm not working nearly half of my potential because I want to spend so much time at home with the kids and doing these adventures because, you know, in 10 years, they're not going to want to do it anymore. And I understand that because I have friends that have already gone through that. And that's a huge factor for really goal setting is knowing what's coming up through the eyes of others. So if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have friends in the business that have already been through it, that is a great goal to have for the new year is to get set up with somebody and as you and I both know, people that have achieved something in life, the biggest thing that we want to do is pass it down. <laughs> we want to be able to share, but we don't want to share it with anybody. We want to share it with somebody that's actually going to do something with it. Because so many people will say they will do something and will come to you with big goals and big plans and visions. But at the end of the day, they don't pick up the phone. And at, my father's always said this is the biggest difference between somebody who's successful and somebody who's not is their ability to pick up the phone and have a conversation with somebody that they don't know. The things we learn from our fathers. It's so rings <laughs> so true. And sometimes you'll sit there. You ever, you ever sit there, talk with your family or your kids and you say something, you go, oh man, that was my dad. <laughs> that, <Yeah>. was, <laughs> that, that was my dad. And I'm not going to let him know <laughs> that that just happened. <laughs> I laugh when that happens. Mm -hmm. So I've gone through in life twice and I'm on the my third journey now where I've lost a lot of weight. So I've lost weight. I've gained it back. I've lost weight. So I've struggled with the weight in my life. But someone says, how do you lose a lot of weight? Because twice I've lost close to 50 pounds. And now I'm on the my third time trying to lose 50 pounds. So I'm at 12 pounds now. So someone says, how do you do that? I said, I found out 
it's the same thing in my business planning is I have to have goals. And so if I said my goal was to lose 50 pounds, a week and a half later, when I lost a pound and a half, I'm going to quit because it's depressing. And you say, I just starved myself. I did all this. And that's the result. So what I do is my end result is I want to lose 50 pounds, but I said it, my goal is five pounds at a time. So if I'm 225, I want to, I want to get to 220. When I got to 220, I reached my goal. Now I set my next goal. I want to be 215. I want to be 210. And I just chop away at it, chop away at it, chop away at it. And I did that in businesses that I've owned. When my brother and I own an appliance repair company, when we bought it from Fred and Lori Hartman and Lori answered the phone and Fred repaired the appliances and Michael wasn't going to be Fred and Lori and neither were I. So we knew we had to set up a company. So today we have upwards of almost 15 technicians on the road. We couldn't get to 15 until we got to one. We had to hire our first one because Fred was retiring. Then we had to get to number two and then number three. And we had a plan and we created it to be able to get to where we're at. And the people that are out there listening to Joel, you've become such an expert and someone that people look up to in the area of planning and setting your goals, both personally and professionally. One last piece of advice you want to give to the individuals that are out there listening right now that either set goals or want to set goals. Give them one last piece of advice from you on what they should do or how they should do it. A good takeaway for them. Yeah. I think the biggest thing really starts with your value and your mission statement. So in business, go on YouTube, watch a few uh, professors talk about value and mission statements because it's not what you think it is. And until you hear somebody explain how to think about it, you won't be able to put it together properly but put together a value and a mission statement and then sit on that for a day or two and then think about how it's going to filter into your business. Because something you say to yourself and something you write down for your business, you may be embarrassed to tell to your employees, everybody from the doorman to the CFO. You're going to need to convey that value and mission statement to everybody in the organization so that they understand it. And if you're able to do that, your business is going to be on a much more sure footing than 90% of the businesses out there. We talked about the 80-20 principle. That's exactly it. Having that foundation and having that foundation in a sentence that you can convey or two sentences for a statement. That is so important when making all of the decisions for the company moving forward that you may not have, or you may not have revisited since the business was created 20 years ago. You have to have, you got to keep everything as a living, breathing document. Nothing's set in stone. That's the best advice that I can give somebody starting off. Joel, I always love talking to you. I love listening to you. The the tidbits of the nuggets of gold that you give out there are so encouraging to me and I know to others that are listening. So someone's out there and they want to learn more about Joel Goldstein, the president of Mr. Checkout Distributors, but learn more about your books or your articles. How can they find out some more information and, and, and follow you, Joel? Yeah, you can go to joelgoldstein.com. You said that at the charity event we were at recently, you said, I truly believe everyone should own Mm -hmm. their own domain with their name. And I said, I sat there and I shrunk down. I'm like, I don't, but how many crests are there? And it's like, exactly. So you're a big believer in owning your own domain. Are you not? 
I did. I bought one for my kids. There you go. I want to thank you for taking time to share again, your expertise and your advice and your opinions and your feelings on setting goals. And I think the people that listen today are going to come away a lot different than when we started talking because they probably figured we're going to talk about how do you achieve your financial goals? How do you make money? And although that's important, you have to get your personal goals in order. You got to get your life in order. You got to understand what you're looking to achieve and create that roadmap on how to get there. Joel, again, thank you for being a guest on IBBA Insights. And I look forward to talking to you again in the future. That was great. If you want to listen to other episodes of IBBA Insights or other shows that you can that you could listen to again and again, because you're going to want to hear what Joel had to say more than once, you go to ibba.org slash insights. And once you're there, you, you can subscribe by clicking the Apple, Android, or email icons. Then you're never going to have to miss another episode of IBBA Insights again. I want to thank all of you for letting me part, be part of your day. Once again, listening to the podcast. Now there's a challenge for you. Go out, set your goals, plan for success, and make this year your very best one ever.